evergreen tree as a symbol of the eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ. You saw the lights on the tree along the house representing, symbolizing Jesus, the light of the world. And you saw the gift under the tree when you recognize that there is a greater gift than the ones under the tree. There's the gift of Jesus Christ that you celebrate today. Amen. going to have a word of prayer really quickly. Those of you who are going to sing these and say Jesus. For those of you that are standing, you can remain standing. We just want to honor the Lord. Lord, this morning we thank you. We thank you this is the day that you've made. And we are thankful. We're thankful that you made it for us and you gave us this day in this year in 2022 that it would be Christmas Day on the same day that we come to honor the Lord. And so we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for eternal life. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. We thank you for eternal life and we thank you for the life that you've given to us each day. You awaken us this morning with life, breath in our lungs, blood flowing through our veins. Those that are here, we thank you, Lord, that you blessed us with a roof over our head last night and food to eat and clothes to put on, cars to drive and get us here to the sanctuary of God. But God, we ask that you look down and remember those, God, that are not happy this Christmas day. Maybe they're not happy because they didn't have a good Christmas. They didn't have a tree. They didn't have gifts under a tree. Many didn't even have a roof over their heads. Many people, Lord, didn't have anything to eat last night. And woke up this morning and once again the cold, homelessness. They awakened this morning out basic needs here in our neighborhood, in our cities and around the world. And so this morning, God, as you bless us with your son Jesus, bless those that have needs this morning, needs physically, needs of healing, needs emotionally, needs uh, socially, Lord, with relationships. God, we thank you Jesus came to set us free indeed. And so, Lord, this morning, bless your word and
makes the statement that was silent night. The joy to the world, the Lord has come, and it ends with, let us, uh, let us, uh, uh, now you, now you hear thunder. We've already not had some many songs since last night. So let, me, let earth receive her king. Let, let, uh, let every home prepare him rule in their hearts. Prepare him rule. Joy to the world, silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. And then it ends with Christ the Savior is born. But my favorite one, his heart, shall herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and glory mild, and uh, glory mild, mercy mild. Joyful, all ye nations, rise, join the triumph of the skies with angelic hope. Proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. In those words, we see so much in that song. We see uh, worship and giving glory to God and his son, Jesus Christ. In those words, we signs of hope, hope for the world, the whole world, hope for the whole world through a little baby boy, a little baby boy who came from heaven to earth. He left his deity, well actually he didn't leave his deity, let me say that again, he did not leave his deity, <laughs> but he left his heavenly home to come down to be human. So he brought his deity. I don't want to miss that one minute here. He brought his deity with him. He was still God. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more, a little bit later. But that little boy born in poverty and in privacy and in uh, uh, secrecy, as somebody said it, in power this morning. You know, we, we think about uh, uh, Brother Chucky was talking about how the king would be coronated in front of the whole world. Dignitaries from all over the world will go to be with that king because we haven't had a king in a long time, as I recall. And we have a queen. So that coin, Jesus, the king of the universe, is born in a stable, in a, a barn, and laid in a trough, you know, a feeding trough where they feed the animals. So you see a contrast and you see the God doesn't do things like we do. Amen. But in those words in that song, we see salvation and reconciliation. And we also see it, we may not even think about it, is that prophecy is being fulfilled in those words. When we look at the, the supernatural birth of Jesus Christ, this is a supernatural birth. Remember that birth is interesting because the first man made was not, birth, was not born. He was made of the dust of the earth. He was formed and and then his, his wife was made out of a rib from him. So she was in Adam. She wasn't born. She wasn't, and, and so she was made of his rib. Now the first person born of a man and a woman was Cain. And so by that time, sin had entered the world. And so Cain was not like Adam was when God made him. And so Cain, Cain brought sin into the world. We, well, he, he introduced it by disobeying God. 
sin by, by oh, disobeying God. Cain performed the first sin of murder. So this is where sin entered the world. So I'm talking about birth, though. So Cain is the first birth from a man and a woman. Jesus comes along, and his birth is a little different. And we're going to talk about that later. But when we read the, the, of his supernatural birth, we read of his birth being foretold. And I'm going to look at that. His birth being fulfilled, the prophecies being fulfilled, and it also is going to give us a hint of his origin. Because we think about, okay, this baby is born. But we're going to see where he started, because he didn't start. We see it in the Old Testament prophets of Isaiah and Micah. We're going to look at Isaiah 7, verse 14, and Isaiah 9, verse 6. And we're going to look at Micah, verse 5. Chapter 5, verse 2, Isaiah 7, 14. These are all verses that you've heard before. You all know them by heart. Verse uh, Chapter 7, verse 14 in Isaiah says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. A virgin. A virgin will have a baby. That's miraculous. That's not normal. That's unusual. She will give birth to a, and it, not, and it tells you, look, it will be a son. And we'll call him Emmanuel, which is interpreted what? God with us. This child of supernatural birth would be God with us. And I like that, and I'll tell you why. Because when it says uh, God with us, that means he's not against us. God is with us, that means he's for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Which is until uh, so we see it in Isaiah chapter seven, uh, verse fourteen, uh, where it tells us Emmanuel, God with us, is coming, and then we see the fulfillment of that in Matthew chapter one, verses eighteen and twenty-one, where it says, "Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows: After his mother Mary was betrothed, or engaged, we call it, to Joseph, before they came together, that means before they consummated their marriage." She was found with child. They had not they had not consummated, but she was pregnant. They came, uh, they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So we are looking at this, and we're you have to slow down because you look what's going on here. The woman is going to get pregnant. it says he was, she was a child of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. So God's her father. Uh, her father. God is his father. She was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21 says, and she will bring forth a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. The word Jesus is the same the New Testament word for the Joshua in the Old Testament. It means God our Savior. So it says here, it says, he shall be, his, they shall call his name Jesus, and it tells you why. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, remember what we just read in Isaiah 7, 14, Behold, the virgin shall conceive a son, and he will call his name Emmanuel. Now we're reading in 700 or so years later in Matthew, in, uh, Matthew and it says in verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. Almost word for word. What the prophet had said 700 some odd years ago 
and they shall call his name Emmanuel, same thing the prophet said, which is translated God with us, the same thing the prophet said. So you see, God, this miraculous birth was foretold and then fulfilled. Now let's read on. And it, and, uh, uh, the next verse is Isaiah chapter 9. Same, same prophet, two chapters later, verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And it goes on to say, The government should be upon his shoulder, and his name should be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But I just want you to, 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 to hear this part here, where it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. It keeps saying, To us. This child that would come from heaven to earth was given to us. So it's fulfilled in Luke chapter 1, verses 31, 33, and 35. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Isaiah 9, 6 says in Luke 1, says, You will conceive and give birth to a son, just as it said in Isaiah, and you will name him Jesus, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. So this unusual and miraculous birth is the birth of a king. And in verse, let's see, 35, okay, verse 35, it says, The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Wait a minute, because we just got through where it says that the son will be the son of the woman. So what am I saying? I'm saying this child had a mother who was named, and also had a father who was not Joseph. His father was Joseph. This is God the son. Let me, now, now, let me slow down a little bit because when you say that, he's the son of God, you cannot say that he's not God the son. If he's born of God, he has to be of the same essence as God. He has to be of the same material as God. A man can, and a man and woman can only bring forth a child of the same. I have three boys. We have never had a child, and that child was a chicken. We have never had a child, and the child was a why? Because you're human, and your children are going to be human. Well, God had a son, and his name is Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. You cannot be God's son and not be God. You can't. It, it's impossible. Whatever the two that come together are, the child has to be. So what am I saying? That Jesus was 50% God and 50% man? Ah, uh nah, -uh, nah. -uh. He was 100% God and 100% man. This was a very unusual birth and it was a very miraculous birth. Therefore, we see in these verses that we just read. Did I read Micah? No, I did not. Okay, we're going to Micah 5 6. So we read. How he was going to be born, we're going to read, we read about his parents.
Now we're going to read about not only what he is and who he is, but where he will be born hundreds of years before it even happens. Micah 5, 2 says, but you, Bethlehem, Ephraim. I'm glad that Sister Dolores read this morning uh, where it talks about uh, Bethlehem in the, in, in, I think it was in the, I don't know if it's this one, but when it said that, that, that little village on the side of the road. Have you ever driven through cities and before you know it, you see the city and name the city and you get about a mile down the road and you say, you just left the city. That's how small the city is. And this is Bethlehem on the side of the road would come one who, let's read this. This is very interesting. He says, but you, Bethlehem, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one who be ruler of Israel. Remember we read that in uh, uh, Matthew where he talked about he was going to be the king of the world. He's the coming king. You shall be, you shall, uh, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. I'm talking about this baby boy before he became a baby boy. It says here, his goings forth were from old, from everlasting. That word everlasting is an interesting word. It actually means to the vanishing point. In other words, as far as you can see, as far as your timeline will take you, you know you have a timeline, you can have the date zero, and then you have A.D., after uh, Anno Domini, which is after the birth of Christ, and then you have B.C. before the birth of Christ, going in the other direction. That's a timeline. And in both directions, there is, no, there is an ending, though, because this is time we're talking about. The first day God made, it says, in the, in the evening and the morning were the first day. That's where time began. Time also will have an ending point. There will be no more time because there, we will be in what God is in and what he's always been in, which is eternity. So what am I saying? I'm saying that before Jesus came to earth, he was in that place called eternity. And it says here that uh, uh, he... Uh, Oh, there we are. We're in Micah. Okay. It says, his goings forth are from old, from everlasting, that vanishing point. That's as far as you can see and beyond, as far as your timeline can go and beyond, because it goes out, it goes past where time ends and where time begins. It is in eternity. That's where he came from. It means the vanishing point. Days of eternity is where he was before he came And this, is, this explains to us why when the shepherds who were abiding in the fields saw that so, so when, the, when, the angel, when the angel spoke to the shepherds abiding in the field, they said, uh, fear not, behold, I bring you good news. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. The swaddling clothes is what they wrapped 
the baby animals did, the baby sheep did. But that wasn't he, You'll find him wrapped in animal uh, rags, uh, 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 lying in a manger. But here's the part I want you to under, that you to see. It says, and suddenly there was with the angel. There was one angel talking. Suddenly there was with that one angel the multitude of heavenly angels, the heavenly hosts. And here's what they said. Praising God and saying glory to God. Why were they praising God? Because the boss, the one who created them, the, the, the almighty Jehovah of the Old Testament, the Elohim of the Old Testament, is now become a baby. They're looking down and saying, whoa, our boss is in a baby's body. That's who he was. He was the creator. In the beginning, John 1, 1 says, was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. And nothing was made except was made by him, by the word. He spoke. Let there be. And there was. Nothing became everything. We see that Micah 5, 2 tells us that he is going forth worse from old, from everlasting, but his fulfillment in Luke 2, 11, where it says the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. Remember we read in Micah 5, 2, it says, but you Bethlehem, Ephraim, hundreds of years before the birth, and here he is, he's born this day in the city of Bethlehem. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, city of David. Look at John 8, 56 and 50 through 58. It says, your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. Now, the reason I bring this up is because this is hard to understand. When he, when we talk about him being up from old, from everlasting, it says, your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. This is Jesus when he's grown and he's talking to the religious leaders. And he says, he rejoiced to see my coming. And they, the, and says, the people say, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you know anything about Abraham? Now, his answer is mind-blowing. His answer is phenomenal. It says, uh, verse 58 says, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Now, Jesus came by, right? Jesus said, I'm the truth. Didn't he say that? Didn't he say, I came to bear witness of the truth? Well, this is what the truth says. He says, I am the, he says, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. I am. He didn't say before Abraham was born, I was. He said before Abraham was born, I am. That's, that's tricky right there because that word I am comes from the Old Testament word, the name of what Jehovah is. We know who Jehovah is in the Old Testament. What many people don't realize, Jesus was Jehovah. The New Testament. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Sitchin, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah, uh, uh, all the names of the I Am in the Old Testament are all wrapped up with a nice little bow in the New Testament. In that, in that little barn, that little stable put into a feeding trough.
see in those verses that Jesus came to us to be the gift from God. God giving us the best gift. You know, you go buy people gifts and you get, you know, oh, that's good enough. Yeah, they don't need it. Yeah, fix that $5. That's too much. But God didn't skip. He gave us the best gift. He gave us the gift that, this is the gift that keeps on giving. Why? Because it, it fits everything. Everything, every need that you have can be handled with this gift. We find out in those verses that God is with us. Again, I say that God is with us. He's not against us. He's for us. If, any, if, if, if God be for us, who can be against us? I like when somebody says, understands us. Why? Because he became one of us. He identifies with our weakness. He identifies with our fault, our faults. He understands what it means to not to fail, but he understands what it means to hurt. He understands what it means to, to, to have people leave you that supposedly love you. Some of us have broken hearts. You know, he understands loss. He cried when Lazarus died. He was going to bring him back to life, but he still cried. Isn't that something? He looked over Jerusalem and he cried because he said, these are like people, these are like sheep with no shepherd, no guidance, nobody to lead them, no leadership. But he cried. The, the creator of everything cried. He understood. born in secrecy. Uh, uh, <clears throat> he is not, when I think about Jesus, he's a historic figure because we think about, you know, history is history. Is but Jesus is more than historic. Jesus is prehistoric. You want to talk about prehistoric? He's prehistoric. He's older. He's before time began. He's the ancient of days. Somebody said, I like that little thing come on your shell on the car. It says N-O-C-W. N-O-C-W. You ever seen that? Not a good word. So do you have this problem with aliens? He's not. And finally, it says that he is the Holy One. He's the Holy One. This is why he tells us, be ye holy. You be holy. Why? Because he's set apart. Set apart from the ways of the world. Set apart from the world's thinking. Set apart from God. And one other little tidbit we read in Matthew chapter 2. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Wise men 
him for the right one. But what, uh, the other thing that gets me is that this Jesus, he says, we have seen his star. It's an interesting thing when you think about it because it's his star because it led them to find him. But it was also his star because he made the star. He made that star and he made all the rest. That was his star. He made this, this star because he, we saw his star in the east. And as long as he worshiped us, that's smart to come and worship the king. And back to what I said earlier, why did he have to come? I'm going to give you ten reasons. This is not the only ten, and I'm not going to stop and talk about them. I'm just going to give them to you. I'm going to give you the verses. He came to give us eternal life. We read that in John 10, 10. 1 Timothy 1, 15 says, He came to save sinners. Paul says, Of whom I am chief. 1 John 3, 8 says, He came to destroy the works of the devil. And I like that one because we know the devil. The devil is the god of this world, and he is the father of lies. The father of lies is important for you to remember because this world is built on lies that he has perpetrated. But Jesus says, I came to bear witness of the truth to stamp out the lies, which is a of lies. And so the only way you can defend against these lies the devil and the world has put out here, is you got to know the truth. And the truth is not a thing, it's a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus came to do his Father's will, he says in John 6, 38. Romans 5, 8 says he came to demonstrate his love. He commended his love in that, in that while we were yet in our sins, Christ died. He came Isaiah 61, uh, verses 1 through 3 is read again, and Luke 4, 18 says he came to preach the gospel to the poor, to set the captives free, to open blinded eyes and broken, and to heal broken hearts. Luke 1, 33 says he came to reign on the earth. He came to reign and rule as king of kings. And Lord of all, he's going to do that in the future when he reigns for the thousand years right here on earth. But the first time he came, that was not what he came to do. He didn't come to rule on the earth, but he did come to rule in the hearts of men. He came to rule in our lives. He came to rule in our thoughts. He came to rule in our households. He came to rule in our relationships. the show. He's having his way. He's living his way. Let him do it. He can do it. I, I, you know what I'm saying? He, he's big enough. He's big enough. He can do it. He knows the future from the past. He already knows what's ahead. He already knows what you're going through now. And he knew what you were going to go through before you were even born. So if he needed time to fix your problem, he had plenty of time, but guess what? You don't need time. It's already taken care of. Why I say that? Because the Bible tells you all things work together for good to them that love him and are called according to what? His purpose. And he has purpose in all of us. And he has a plan for all of us. He came
came, Colossians 3, 13 says, He came to give His peace to rule in our hearts. We need peace. How many, how many know we need peace in our hearts? We have turmoil. We have fear. We have all kinds. We have jealousy. We have un, uh, uh, unforgiveness in our hearts. We have a lot of stuff in our hearts. But He came to bring peace in our hearts to rule in our hearts. First Peter 3, 18 once again says He came to die in our place. And finally, Matthew 16, 18 says, He says, upon this rock I will what? Build my church. He came to build His church. And His church is not Israel. His church is not the world. His church is a combination of people from every tribe and every nation come together with one spirit. He came to build His church. And finally, and I'm almost done. Yeah, uh, I, Merry Christmas is what I want to say to everybody as I, as I wrap this up. Merry Christmas. Christmas is about Christ. The word Christmas has in it the word Christ. And I remember years ago when they took the word Christ out of Christmas and put a big X. You remember that? I remember walking down the street and they didn't they thought, okay, not enough room to put Christmas, just put X. Not it wasn't by accident. They're trying their best to get Christ out of Christmas, to get Christ out of the schools, to get Christ out of the city hall, to get him out, the, out of Congress. They're passing laws to get Christ out. Because Christ is a threat to them. The threat, well, who are we talking, who are we really, who is really threatened here? The God of this world. The God of this world has been fighting against the Lord since the beginning, since he tempted Eve in the garden. And since then, and since God told Eve and Adam in the garden that the seed of the woman is going to bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. Ever since then, the devil has been looking for this seed. You wonder why the Jews are so hated in the world is because it was through them that the Christ came the first time and they're expecting he's probably going to come through there the second time. So they're after this. This is why there's so much turmoil in the Middle East, and you know, it's all, you know, you hear in the news all about oil. Oh, it's my, it's about oil, all right, but it's also about a spiritual thing that you're not, not, not maybe not thinking about. It's about Jesus. They hated him then. He says, in the, he says they hate me, and if they hate me, they're gonna hate you. And so we have to thank God for Christmas. Thank God for Christmas because we re, we are reminded of what Christmas is all about. It's about Emmanuel, God with us. That's really something when God is with us. And again, I say he's with us because he's not against us. Isn't that something? The God that created everything is for us. If he's for us, who can be against us? Christmas is about Jesus, the Savior, he came to save men. Why? Save us from, from the end. Because there is two ways you can go when you die. And some people, say, you know, they, they come up with this thing in this religious that when you die, you're gonna it's annihilation, which means you're just gone. Well, Jesus would not have come go, went through all that for that if it was annihilation, because there's no suffering there. But there's suffering. 
in the lake of fire. That's what he's trying to get us to avoid. It's not just, and we call it hell, but it's really the lake of fire. Whatever you want to call it, don't be fooled into thinking that this, that life after you die in this life and you go to the next life is just going to be you. It's going to be nothing. Jesus would not have had to come for that. That doesn't make good common sense. He came because after this life, if you don't have life in Christ, there's a deadly eternity of suffering. He came to save the world. Jesus, uh, Christmas is about Jesus, who is the Son of God. He's the Son of Man. And of course, he was the Son of Mary, because he had a mother. He had a mother in the sense that she was the incubator and she was the mother that would raise him. Somebody had to raise him. Amen? Jesus, uh, Christmas is about this king who came to rule on earth but also to rule in our hearts. Christmas is about Jesus, God's heavenly gift to us who gave us his beloved only really like is that last part I read about the wise men. Wise men still wise men still seek him today. Second Corinthians 9 15 says thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. It's an indescribable gift. It's hard to describe. It's hard to explain to people when you got we got all day. Actually, before Sister does uh, this, I did want to do something. Do you, I, I was hoping that Sister Dolores did this this morning. I want to read those lyrics. If you've never heard this song, Mary, do you know? You don't know that by chance, do you? Nope. You can sing it. No, I'm No. No. So, Mary, did you know? guy, his name is Mark Lowry, he's a crazy man, he's a Christian uh, comedian, but he wrote these lyrics for a Christmas, a school 
the song lyrics stayed in his room for years. Then somebody discovered it. Put it to music. It's one of the most powerful songs that I've ever read or ever heard. And beautiful and let the music do as well. But I'm going to read to you. It says, Mary, did you know that your baby boy Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child you you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy's walk where angels trod? When you kiss your little Did you know that your baby boy is headed 